Welcome to In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Magazine, broadcasting from the Oilfield Expert Studios. Oilfield Experts, where you get the right products right now. In the Oil Patch is where, together, we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bellotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch. Welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kim Bellotto, and today we have a great show lined up for you. We will be joined by Sean Strawbridge, the CEO of the Port of Corpus Christi talking about the year-end report from the Port of Corpus Christi. Also, we will be joined by the editor of Shell Magazine, David Blackman, who is going to talk to us about the year-end reports that have been coming out from all of the different associations about how Texas oil and gas did in 2019. So this is a show that you don't want to miss. But before they join us, let me tell you about the fastest growing energy group in Texas. It's called TEAK, Texas Energy Advocates Coalition. It's free to join. If you're interested in growing your business, networking in the oil and gas sector, this is an organization for you. For more information and to sign up for free, go to txenergyadvocates.org. Again, that's txenergyadvocates.org. Also, I'd like to encourage you to sign up for a free digital issue of Shell Magazine in which you'll get the latest issue absolutely free. All you have to do is go to shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag.com. Again, that's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com for more information. And now it's time to bring on our guest, Sean Strawbridge, who is the CEO of the Port of Corpus Christi. Sean, thank you for joining us today here at In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Jim, thank you for having me back. You know, we've had you on a couple of times in 2019, and you guys do such a great job of communicating all of the amazing things that are happening very quickly there at the Port of Corpus Christi. So you guys just released your 2019 tonnage report. I want to just cover a little bit of it with you. I know we don't have a lot of time because you're super busy, but uh, let me just read a little bit to get our listeners up to speed. So the Port of Corpus Christi is becoming quickly, obviously, the center of export activity Sometimes looking throughout the month, you guys have overtaken Houston, Beaumont, and Louisiana combined for a a total volume amount uh, on a monthly basis. And then also with the new export terminals that you guys have coming online and the increased uh, connectivity, the port does seem to be poised to continue its string of record-setting exporting numbers. Now, that being said, the Port of Corpus Christi, your report stated that you guys ended your tonnage in December at 13.8 million cargo tons and 122.2 million cargo tons for the entire year. And that is a 16 million ton improvement over just 2018 alone in one year. Now that is some significant growth. And so it specifically is pointing towards uh, the exporting on uh, oil and liquefied natural gas. My question to you is what is actually happening at the Port of Corpus Christi in this area? Well, Kim, thank you for the uh, the recognition. Uh, we we're very excited about the, the the increased volumes that we're seeing, primarily from the energy export market. Uh, and as you said, crude oil and liquefied natural gas are our two single largest uh, commodity 
segment increases in 2019. And that's primarily a result of the new pipelines that have come online in late 2019, uh, crude pipelines from the Permian Basin. Uh, that's also a result of the Chenier Corpus Christi liquefaction uh, additional train, their second train coming online uh, in September of 2019. And really, it's a result of a lot of planning and thoughtfulness about the needed infrastructure to handle the growth in the energy export markets. And we've seen some geopolitical events that have certainly pushed more volume our way. Uh, most notable in 2019 was the the Saudi uh, oil production fields being, uh, being attacked, right. uh, which brought down some of their production. And what you're really seeing is you're seeing over the last four years since the export ban on U.S. produced crude oil was repealed, you've been seeing a lot of what I would call tire kicking by uh, foreign uh, demand centers uh, testing the quality of American crude, testing the uh, availability, the consistency, uh, and the competitiveness. And and, and we're real excited to be right at the, the forefront of that. Now that customers overseas are really recognizing that there's a higher quality uh, of crude coming from the United States. And certainly quality here in Corpus Christi is important to us. We think we've got some pretty high quality specs given the the fact that the pipelines coming from the Permian and the Eagleford are not commingling with other North American crude slates. That's really uh, attractive for uh, the discerning global crude customer. Uh, quality is everything, I think, in, in those markets. So uh, all the volume increases that we're seeing is really a culmination of a lot of effort, a lot of capital uh, placement that both the Port Authority and our customers have been engaged in over the last four years. And we're just excited to, to, to see that success. And we, at this point, believe that we'll continue to see that well into 2020. Well, you know, you, you mentioned earlier that it has taken planning and I'm a firm believer and a huge fan, and so the listeners know, I've had you on the show, what the port commissioners and what you have been doing for years truly is great leadership. At the risk of sounding like I'm one of your biggest fans, I really am because I've seen you take you and the port commissioners and a lot of planning, a lot of great leadership, change an entire region. You know, there's so much talk about great things with the port. You guys are a renewable port, if you will. You're taking advantage of making things greener as well. And with all of the growth, all of these things that are happening, we're going to move into 2020. And I'm, I'm curious to know, what do you see happening uh, at the port for 2020? Will we continue to see these uh, record-breaking numbers coming out of there? And two, with the new phase one of China, knowing 50 billion of exports will occur, uh, LNG and, you know, other oil and gas products. Crude oil. Yeah. Crude oil. I would imagine the majority is going to come out from the port. Talk to me about 2020. What does that look like for you guys? Well, I think you've hit the nail on the head. The, the Most of the demand centers that we have seen the energy exports going to are not China. Uh, that is a result of the trade dispute that the United States has been embroiled in with China over the last couple of years. It's exciting to see some progress there. We're very excited about the uh, the recent uh, phase one signing uh, yesterday, I believe, uh, uh, with uh, with the Trump administration in China. And we, we certainly think that 
uh, China will be the next leg up in our growth here in, in Corpus Christi. We also anticipate some additional pipeline connectivity into Corpus Christi, most notable the the Red Oak line, which is a Phillips 66 line that is being uh, deployed from Cushing, Oklahoma, down to Sealy, Texas, and then splitting off to Corpus Christi and over to Beaumont. That line will be the first line that the Port of Corpus Christi will have access to the other North American crude slates. Uh, right now, we're essentially a, uh, a two-trick pony, if you will. Uh, they're very large ponies, uh, the Permian Basin and the Eagleford Shale producing fields, which is over half of the total U.S. Uh, uh, crude production uh, is in those two fields. But uh, the fact that we will now have access to the remaining uh, crude stacks in North America, uh, we just think that that is going to continue to propel our growth. And as such, and giving the certainty that uh, we, we uh, that, that these pipelines bring, uh, it gives us an ability to really be uh, deliberate in our placement of capital and the timing of that for the incremental and additional infrastructure and capacity needed to handle uh, those increased volumes. And we think 2020 uh, will will be more of the same. Uh, we'll see more crude exports. Uh, Chenier is, is uh, currently constructing Train 3. Uh, they have said that Train 3 will likely not come on until their plan right now is 2021. But when you look at their historical performance of completing their uh, constructions ahead of schedule, uh, it would not surprise me if we saw additional LNG uh, in 2020 with the uh, uh, an early uh, commissioning of, of Train 3. Again, that is not what Chenier has said, but just looking at their uh, historical uh, excellent performance in their uh, construction, uh, you know, that may be uh, that may be another factor. The other area that we're seeing a lot of growth in, uh, Kim, is the, the natural gas liquids. Uh, a lot of uh, additional fractionators are coming online, and so we'll see more LPG, uh, we'll see more butanes, ethanes, and the like. And, and, and so uh, we're really uh, excited about, uh, about 2020, and then as 2021 and into the uh, foreseeable future, some of these large investments from companies like uh, uh, Saudi Arabia Basic Industries Corporation and their joint venture with Exxon Mobil Chemical, uh, we'll see more of a, a petrochemical uh, component to our our exports. That's so uh, I think we're we, we've set the table very well, uh, certainly for the uh, the foreseeable future for more job creation uh, and more uh, you know more prosperity here in the region. I couldn't agree with you more. Sean, thank you for, for joining us. Uh, I know you were busy today, and I'm glad you jumped on the line here to talk to us. Thank you again for what you guys are doing, the port commissioners, what they're doing, and, of course, most importantly, the valuable employees that you guys have that we see working day in and day out out in the community supporting what's happening out there in Corpus in the community. Thank you for joining us today on In the Oil Patch Radio Show. The Texas Alliance of Energy Producers has a rich and commanding history of fighting for the independent oil and gas industry. The Texas Alliance became a statewide organization in 2000 with the merger of two of the oldest oil and gas associations in the nation, the North Texas Oil and Gas Association and the West Central Texas Oil and Gas Association. Today, with more than 2,600 members, the Texas Alliance is the largest statewide association in the country serving independent energy producers and associated industries. Through our efforts in Washington, D.C., and Austin, the Texas Alliance is focused on a better business climate for you. The Texas Alliance has a staff consisting of highly experienced senior staff and supporting consultants serving our membership. 
Offices are located in Austin and Wichita Falls. Become a member today by visiting texasalliance.org or email us texasalliance at texasalliance.org. The vision of the Women's Energy Network is to be the premier organization that educates, attracts, retains, and develops professional women working across the value chain. Also known as WEN, our mission is to develop programs that provide networking opportunities and foster career and leadership development of women who work in the energy industry. Thousands of women are breaking ground in energy industry careers every year, and 4,000 of them are already members of the Women's Energy Network across our 14 chapters. Members receive exclusive access to mentoring, job boards, group discussions, member-only networking events, expert speaking engagements, and more. Join today by visiting womensenergynetwork.org slash Houston or call 1-855-390-0650. The Women's Energy Network, empowering women in energy. And now it's time to bring on the editor of Shell Magazine, David Blackman. David, welcome to this week's show. Hey, happy to be here. It's a beautiful day in Texas. And I don't know how the weather is where you are near Dallas, but here in San Antonio in our studio, it's a, it's an awfully muggy, rainy day. But you know what? We really need the rain. So it's kind yeah, of a good it's thing. it's pouring down rain up here too, but... You know, it's always a beautiful day to be in Texas. You're absolutely right. And uh, when we talk about all the wonderful things that are happening in oil and gas, Texas is the state that is the greatest benefactor of the oil and gas exploration in North America. So you're absolutely right. Let's jump into our questions. And also, I'm excited uh, for all of our listeners to understand we don't just have you for a segment. We're going to have you for most of the show, so I'm excited about that. But let's get started. There's a lot going on. We've had a lot of movement. President Trump got through phase one of the trade deal in China. It was finalized this week at a magnificent, historic uh, ceremony at the White House. And the markets responded positively to it. But I don't know if our listeners really understand how historic it was pertaining to oil and gas. So tell us a little bit about how magnificent this is going to be for our industry. Well, it, it's it's a great thing for the oil and gas business, a great thing for agriculture, uh, all the farmers and ranchers here in, in Texas as well. The agreement calls for China to increase its purchases of crude oil and natural gas from the United States by $50 billion over the next two years, an, an additional $32 billion in agricultural products. It lowers import tariffs on both sides of the Pacific uh, for these imported and exported goods uh, between the two countries. You know, the other thing that I think will probably have a positive impact uh, on the oil and gas business, and thus the Texas uh, budget situation here in in the state, is is the fact that it's most likely going to spur additional economic growth in China and around the Pacific Rim, uh, which you know, has kind of faltered over the last year and a half while while we've been going through this trade war. So, you know, additional economic growth in China means uh, even greater demand for oil and gas products around the globe, and that, that will firm up prices to some extent and uh, make it a better situation for, for the companies here in Texas and all over the country. Right. Well, the, the number I heard was $50 billion specifically in the area of LNG 
and of course, natural gas, that wonderful fuel. But you're right, there's more to it than just oil and gas. That's important. But I did not realize that we were not really competing very well. Businesses were not really able to go into China. And now as a result of this phase one, you're going to see um, that area being stimulated as well. So, you know, there is a lot of great things that are changing. Intellectual properties was tightened up a bit too right. to protect American companies. This is just historic. Yeah. One reason why it's historic that people need to understand is this is the first trade agreement we have ever negotiated with China that any president has ever negotiated with China that contains firm, clearly defined enforcement provisions for when China violates it, okay? which mm-hmm. they always do. Um, that's, that's how they are. Uh, so, so we know they will try to cheat on this, this deal, but it contains this one has teeth firm, clearly mm-hmm. defined enforcement provisions that will penalize them when they do it. You know, I've been watching the news coverage on it uh, since, since it was signed. Uh, the media has no real understanding of this, but that, that is a historic concession by the Chinese government. They have never been willing to agree to that kind of provision in any trade deal. So it's it's a it's a huge victory for the You must United be talking States. about the media toadies, but here's the other yeah. thing is how great is this president because he was also able to maintain still 25% tariffs while he's bringing the Chinese to the table to sign phase 1. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's just an all-out amazing leader. Um and well, by the and way, it took a lot of patience and perseverance for him to get there and uh, amid all this media criticism he was receiving. And, uh, you know, it's just a big win for the country. There's no question about it. Exactly. And I'm a firm, firm believer that good leadership is really, truly at the heart of most great companies, and we should pay attention to that. That's why I'm kind of excited. We caught up with Sean Strawbridge, another great leader from the Port of Corpus Christi. I want to change gears real quick and talk about um, the fact that you'll be covering a little bit in Shell Magazine. So for our listeners, to make sure if you want to know what happened to close out and more in-depth from what we covered today's show, uh, they need to go to shellmag.com as well and, and, and be looking for it. Let's change gears just a little bit. We're going to stay on Trump. Is two weeks ago... The Trump administration announced some proposed major reforms on how businesses must comply with the National Environment Policy Act, better known as NEPA. So first of all, what is NEPA? And then what are these reforms designed to accomplish? And I know you're going to need some time to explain this to us. So we're going to go to break. But when we return, you can explain to us all about NEPA. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Hi folks, Alvin Bailey here. Did you know Agreco is proud to sponsor In the Oil Patch Radio Show? Agreco has served Texas oil fields for over 10 years, supporting producers with temporary power to get their product to market. When utility power is not available, Agreco is your reliable alternative. They service everything from pump jacks with a single 200 kilowatt unit to massive gas processing facilities requiring 50 megawatts or more. Agreco is your dedicated engineering partner for diesel and natural gas generators, as well as battery power solutions. Call Agreco today at 1-800-AGRECO. That's 1-800-A-G-G-R-E-K-O. Plan your next meeting or event at Victoria College's Emerging Technology Complex, home to the state-of-the-art conference and education center, conveniently located between Houston and Corpus Christi. The center hosts meetings, educational workshops, and banquets for up to 300 people with the latest in technology amenities and ample parking. 
Let their professional meeting planners make your next event a success. For more information, go to conferenceinvictoria.com. Once again, that's conferenceinvictoria.com. Remember this name, Oilfield Experts, to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oilfield equipment needs. Oilfield Experts' specialty is those hard-to-find oilfield parts for your fleet maintenance needs, and we've been providing those parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us for the right part right now. Write down this number, Oilfield Experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923, and visit us on the web at theoilfieldexperts.com. Hey, you. Do you want to join the fastest-growing oil and gas network in Texas? Ma'am, I'm all for growing my business. So you've got my attention. What is it? TEAK is the Texas Energy Advocates Coalition. They hold business mixers to help businesses grow and network. Any cost to join? For the next 90 days, it's completely free. No charge to join. But they do want like-minded individuals to attend who are interested in growing their business and networking. Well, I want to join. Where should I go? Go to shalemag.com slash Teak and click on the join link. Enter your information and we'll get you set up. Join the Texas Energy Advocates Coalition at shalemag.com slash teak today. And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is David Blackman, editor of Shell Magazine. And David, before the break, we were talking about the National Environment Policy Act, better known as NEPA. Exactly what is NEPA and what are these reforms designed to accomplish? NEPA is, is, a, is a law that requires you, whenever you're doing a major project, uh, that impacts the environment. Either you're, you're bulldozing land, you are building highways, you're drilling oil wells on federal lands to do environmental impact studies or environmental assessments as, as the law requires. And this has become an incredibly complex, time-consuming matter uh, over the past 30 years since this law was put into effect as the environmental groups always strive to uh, make things uh, increasingly complex and costly for any business. It's not just the oil and gas business. I, my favorite example of, of how NEPA and, and these other laws impact major projects, there was a, a project on I-35 coming south of Hillsboro, seven miles of freeway that was being rebuilt. It was supposed to take two to three years to finish this project. It started in 1996. The project was not completed until 2008. It took 12 full years to, to finish that project, and really it wasn't even finished then. Um, and mainly because of the delays in environmental impact studies, endangered species listings, all this, it, it raised the cost of that single road improvement project by tens of millions of dollars and bankrupted four different contractors. So the same kind of thing happens with oil and gas projects where you need to build a major uh, refinery or compressor station or a pipeline through federal lands, and you have to, and we saw it with Dakota Access Pipeline, uh, you know, uh, the Trans-Canada pipeline coming down out of Canada, the Keystone XL. These, these things take years and years, and they cost millions and millions of dollars. And and if the bureaucrats want to, they can just make them go on forever. So the reforms are designed to put firm timetables on on how long 
it takes to do, for example, an environmental impact study. But on Keystone XL, you know, it went on for five or six years. Now you have a two-year timetable in which the the regulatory agencies must finish these, uh, you know, and approve these environmental impact studies on major projects. And, and it's designed to speed up permitting processes. It's designed to simplify the process and reduce redundancies. You know, the other aspect of NEPA is that you would have all sorts of activities going on inside these environmental impact statements that were duplicating efforts that were already being done by, by state regulators or regulators and other federal agencies. And so, it's, it's designed to just squeeze that all down, get the waste out of the system and the abuse out of the system. And it's going to help the oil and gas business. It's going to help uh, major road construction projects, dam projects, wind, wind power and solar power have all these same kinds of issues uh, with the NEPA planning process. So it's, it's a big deal, and it, it will spur a lot of economic development and growth in this country. You know, and I wonder how many elected officials really sit there and ponder, gee, we sure do have a lot of red tape, unnecessary duplication in process. And it takes, you know, a businessman to come in and bring in some of his team of probably other business-minded individuals and understand in, in the real world in business, you just really can't afford waste. And you look at it and you streamline things to survive. David, when we return from break, I want to talk about the Texas Independent Producers and Royalty Owner Association, better known as TIPRO. They released a new report this week that contains some impressive statistics about oil and gas job creation, specifically in the Permian Basin. I want to come back from break and talk about how many jobs were actually directly created from these oil and gas companies. And then I want to get your opinion on you know, how really impressive is this? We talked earlier to Sean Strawbridge about the ports numbers, so I'm interested to hear your take on uh, what's happening in the Permian Basin area with job creation. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Any business can benefit from advertising to the oil and gas industry, but it's really important to partner with a marketing company that has a proven track record with this growing industry. Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com. Or you can call us. 210-240-7188. Again, that's 210-240-7188. Farmers and ranchers are the hardest working people on earth and deserve a side-by-side vehicle that works just as hard. That's why Yamaha makes the Viking an all-new Viking 6, the world's first true three- and six-person UTVs assembled in America. Ranked number one in drivetrain durability, Viking outworks and outclasses the competition in features, comfort, and off-road capability. For more, visit YamahaViking.com. Most dependable claim based on a 2013 Yamaha Source side-by-side owner study. And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. 
Our guest today is David Blackman, the editor of Show Magazine. Before the break, I covered a little bit about TIPRO. Some of our friends, the Texas Independent Producer and Royalty Owner Association, released a report discussing the fact there was an impressive statistic about oil and gas, the job creation coming out of Permian Basin specifically, to the tune of 87,000 jobs in direct employment by the oil and gas companies. Tell me how impressive that is. Well, it's very impressive, you know, and that's just, as you said, it's just the direct employment by oil and gas producers and pipeline companies that are out there in the Permian Basin. You know, 87,000 doesn't sound, I guess, like that big a number until you consider where you're talking about. Exactly. I was going to say, maybe not in Houston, maybe not in San Antonio, but (laughs) we're talking about Midland and Odessa area. Yeah, that's the biggest populated area, and I guess there's, what, two, two to 250,000 people in those two cities, and, you know, the rest of the basin is very sparsely populated. So 87,000 jobs is a lot of jobs. And then, you know, that's just the, the jobs that are directly employed by these companies. It doesn't include another 50,000 or so jobs in the service industries that support the oil and gas business, you know, the the sand business and Howell Burton and Schlumberger, all the big oil field contractors. And then, then all the indirect, you know, the, the other indirect employment that's supported by the industry and other several thousand jobs at grocery stores and restaurants and clothing stores that are all businesses that are created and, and there to support the oil and gas business. And without a thriving oil and gas business, a lot of those smaller businesses go away, as we've seen time and time again. Right. So... That's a lot of jobs. It, you know, it's very impressive. It's a big deal for West Texas. Um, you know, and, and it's it's, it's a know, game it's really changer for their area. I mean, they get schools, uh, new schools. They get right. there's so much infrastructure that's developed when we start seeing this kind of economic impact to an area, and good exactly. for them. Let's talk about Texoga. They came out also with a new study, Texas Oil and Gas Association, uh, here in Texas. They came out with a study as well this week, tax contribution that the oil and gas industry made for the state of Texas. And it, too, was at an all-time record high for 2019. You know, I'm really happy. I'm smiling on the other side of my microphone, if, if the listeners can't tell. And it's because today is a good show about all the amazing things that's happening for Texas because of oil and gas uh, on all different fronts. And uh, this is going to be a good show. I, I, I'm, I'm just smiling from ear to ear. How much of a record high was 2019 for tax contributions for the state of Texas? Yeah, it's, it's amazing. $16.3 billion generated by this industry in 2019 uh, to the state and local governments uh, in the form of severance taxes and property taxes, mainly. Uh, also, sales tax revenues were way up thanks to oil and gas business. You know, it, and it, this is very, very high number. I mean, in the early years of this century when, when oil and gas production in this state was a fraction of what it is today, but you know, before the shale revolution, you were talking four to five billion dollars in, in a year from the oil and gas business. So we basically quadrupled that, you know, in, during this century. And, the, you know, the other aspect of it, and Texoga's report talks about this, is that severance tax revenue goes into virtually all of it goes into the state's rainy day fund, which right. also has a record high balance right now. And that's only going to go higher and higher this year because 
we're running a very significant budget surplus in the state. And so it just supports so many different aspects of our state. And then you mentioned, you know, the new schools. Well, that those new schools come from the Avalorum tax, the property tax collections. Texas is one of only two states that allows local taxing authorities to tax the value of the oil and gas in the ground before it's ever produced. And and I think the, the, the last statistic I saw is the average barrel of oil in Texas is taxed 3.2 times before it ever comes up out of the ground on property taxes. So just a big deal, you know, a, obviously a huge economic driver for our state. And it's why, you know, the Texas budget, we're running a huge surplus right now. And states like California and New York, New Jersey, that, you know, have done everything they can to depress their own oil and gas business are running big deficits. And so it's just people need to think about that uh, when they criticize this, this industry in the state. And we've had many shows on uh, some of the cities here in Texas that are voting for these greener ways of doing things. And then on the other side of the discussion is what we're talking about right now, which is um, I think there is uh, the middle of the road somewhere in between this discussion. Should we go green, uh, greener? What do those taxes look like when we're doing this? And what are we giving up to go in this area? The different cities obviously have different ways of looking at it and doing things. That's why I don't want to go into any specifics of what's the difference between San Antonio versus, you know, what Austin is doing. But we're starting to see some some issues that are coming out of these green deals that these uh, municipalities or cities are adopting. But then let's just look at this as a guarantee year after year after year that our windfalls for our state, they keep us strong uh, when other parts of the United States are feeling the pressure of uh, budgets and job losses, Texas has, has remained strong, uh, especially we can look historically at just the last one that we had. Um, and we did fairly well, and a lot had to do with production of oil and gas, our rainy day fund, um, and being able to balance that budget, which is required from the state of Texas uh, every single session. When we get back from break, Texoga also was speculating that we're going to have a slowdown. And uh, so I want to uh, see if you agree with this prediction. But we're going to get ready for break. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. And we'll be right back. Plan your next meeting or event at Victoria College's Emerging Technology Complex, home to the state-of-the-art conference and education center, conveniently located between Houston and Corpus Christi. The center hosts meetings, educational workshops, and banquets for up to 300 people with the latest in technology amenities and ample parking. Let their professional meeting planners make your next event a success. For more information, go to conferenceinvictoria.com. Once again, that's conferenceinvictoria.com. Hey, you. Do you want to join the fastest-growing oil and gas network in Texas? Ma'am, I'm all for growing my business. So you've got my attention. What is it? TEAK is the Texas Energy Advocates Coalition. They hold business mixers to help businesses grow and network. Any cost to join? For the next 90 days, it's completely free. No charge to join. But they do want like-minded individuals to attend who are interested in growing their business and networking. Well, I want to join. Where should I go? Go to shalemag.com slash teak and click on the join link. 
Enter your information and we'll get you set up. Join the Texas Energy Advocates Coalition at shalemag.com slash teak today. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine provides services like print advertising and digital marketing. Our digital advertising services include website, email, radio, video, and social media. Shale also provides specialized web services from website management to search engine optimization and social media management. Visit our website, shalemag.com. Once again, that's shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com to learn more. Shale is your one-stop shop for growing your business. Pick up the phone today and call 210-240-7188. Again, 210-240-7188. The Texas Alliance of Energy Producers has a rich and commanding history of fighting for the independent oil and gas industry. The Texas Alliance became a statewide organization in 2000 with the merger of two of the oldest oil and gas associations in the nation, the North Texas Oil and Gas Association and the West Central Texas Oil and Gas Association. Today, with more than 2,600 members, the Texas Alliance is the largest statewide association in the country serving independent energy producers and associated industries. Through our efforts in Washington, D.C. and Austin, the Texas Alliance is focused on a better business climate for you. The Texas Alliance has a staff consisting of highly experienced senior staff and supporting consultants serving our membership. Offices are located in Austin and Wichita Falls. Become a member today by visiting texasalliance.org or email us texasalliance at texasalliance.org. And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is David Blackman, the editor of Shale, S-H-A-L-E, magazine. David, before the break, we were talking about Texoga's report on the amount of money that came in on the tax contribution coming in from the oil and gas sector for Texas, the record high. Now, let's move a little bit more to news media coverage on the report that Texoga focused on that they're speculating during the call that the industry was heading for a slowdown this year. My question is, do you and and you who have more than 30 years in the business um, and are the expert uh, for Shell Magazine, are you agreeing with this prediction? Far be it for me to argue with Texas Oil and Gas Association. I I never do that. But, uh, you know, it kind of depends on how you define the word slowdown, right? Last year, for example, we had a slowdown in Texas in the sense that the rate of growth was a little slower than it had been in 2018. So that's a slowdown, but people need to understand slowdown does not equal the term retraction. In other words, the oil and gas industry is not going to shrink in Texas in 2020. Uh, Is it going to grow slower than it did in 2019? Probably. Uh, uh, depending on, of course, uh, whether or not we remain in this depressed price environment for for both oil and natural gas. We saw, for example, last year, because prices were depressed, the rig count dropped fairly dramatically by 30% uh, nationwide last year, and a lot of that was felt in Texas. And yet we still, the industry still managed to increase overall production both in Texas and nationally. That's going to happen again this year. The recount is going to fall again this year, probably, in all likelihood, at least in the first half of the year. But it's not going to fall by 30%. It's going to fall by maybe 5 to 10%. But 
overall, the rate of production is still going to continue to grow because these companies continue to get better and better over time and increasing, you know, recovering more and more production out of each well they drill. So I guess the answer to your question is yes and no. Do I agree with with Texoga's statement? Yes and no. It just depends on how you define the word slowdown. Right. Makes sense. When does the industry expect China's a massive purchase of LNG and, of course, uh, gas uh, coming online, and will that impact the slowdown as well? Because that's new revenue that we were not expecting. Yeah, no, it'll, it'll totally impact it. Um, it's going to create, uh, you know, more demand for our production, right. and that's going to happen immediately. I mean, this this goes into effect now, so we're going to see uh, China come in and want to enter into new agreements to purchase both LNG and crude oil, most of which is shipped out of this state, out of Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's going to create tremendous uh, growth at the Port of Corpus Christi, Port of Houston, and and uh, other ports you know, along the Gulf Coast. So, yeah, that's great. And it's, it's just another economic boost to the state of Texas. What about uh, TC Energy Corp? It announced this week that it has plans to start construction on the northern leg of the long-delayed Keystone LX pipeline project in April. Do you think that that remain final part will happen? And how important is this project to the country for, the, you know, since it's had all these years and years of delays? Yeah, and that's a good question. You know, I'm glad to see that TC Energy is, uh, you know, used to be known as TransCanada. They've created this new name for their subsidiary that's going to build that pipeline. It's been delayed for a decade now. It was a a lot more important to the country's uh, transportation system 10 years ago than it is today. But I think it's still important because the the refineries along the Gulf Coast – you know, most of them are built to to refine heavy crude grades of crude oil right. that that Canada produces, and and you know because that pipeline has not been completed through to Canada, they've had to import more crude oil from other parts of the world, the Middle East, Venezuela, Brazil, elsewhere. So, really, you know, our country is more secure. The more of our imports come from Canada and Mexico, the two countries that border our own country the more secure we are from a national security standpoint. So I think from that standpoint, Keystone XL, you know, remains important. It remains a a national security situation, and it will be good for the country uh, when it's completed. And, you know, you're bringing up a good point. If you listen to a lot of the elected officials and their discussion now of, you know, how really important what we are doing here in the United States and how it kind of cushions us away from having to be so reactive when we're talking about things that are happening in the Middle East and how, you know, energy independence has led us to a lot less conflicts that we were having to focus on or face in other countries that we just really don't have to put our military in harm's way anymore. Is a really... Yeah, we could do a whole other show on that subject alone. Oh, yes. And, you know, these are things <laughs> that, you know, I, I really wish besides our show would really talk about because it's just kind of common sense and no-brainer. We've got a, a few minutes left or a couple of minutes left on the show. I want to try to jump in and ask you, y'all are getting ready for a new cover, Shell Mag. What can our listeners expect? Who's on the cover in uh, uh, what company is it? And, and uh, give us a brief insight as to what's coming up in Shell Mag. Yeah, so the cover is, is Brad Barron, uh, the CEO of New Star. 
a tremendous midstream company here in Texas that's uh, had a phenomenal amount of growth over the past decade. Uh, he's he's been the CEO there for the last four years and uh, has made a, a lot of difference in that organization. And you know, it's it's a company that that is very creative in how it manages its business. It, you know, it's it's kind of dissimilar from the norm there in the midstream business. Based there in San Antonio, they were they came out of of Valero. They were spun off out of Valero in the early part of the century. It's a really interesting story to me, a good local story in San Antonio, and just a, a really interesting story about a company that does things a little differently, which we kind of specialize in at Shell Magazine. You know, we've done a lot of covers on companies that, you know, deviate from the norm that you usually see in the business. So I think that's a, a tremendous story uh, that, that people are going to be really interested in. I think so, too. So for our listeners, as we close down uh, this show, I wanted to make sure that everybody's aware. For more information on shellmag.com, if you have a great story idea, uh, please reach out to the website, shellmag.com. There's an area there you can fill out the information, uh, and someone will get back with you. David, that's all the time we have for this show. Thank you. I look forward to having you on next week. In the Oil Patch is where, together, we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bilotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.